everybody, this is Christy. I'm Michael. And this is Terror and Tacos. And this week we are going to talk about... The Autopsy of Jane Doe. Yeah, I think it's like little known. I don't think a lot of people yeah. know about this movie. But before we talk about this movie, we're going to talk about the tacos that we just had. This was a very special taco event. Talk about the special taco event. Um, your son... The, I will say, world-famous Dante Flores, because I assume by the time this comes out, he will be world-famous. He will be world-famous. Dante's back in town, and he made us lunch, and it was delicious. Yeah, he did. a fajita, a real fajita. I'm not even going to say a beef fajita, Christy. No. Because now I know what real fajitas are. Yeah, you can just say fajita. just say fajita. Um, Cilantro, onion, mango. I want to... Before we get in the movie, why is mango so good on... I don't know, man. On On meat? Yeah. I have no idea, but, but it, I feel like the the Latin people and the a- a- Asian people yeah. and Indian people have have this figured out. Mm-hmm. Uh, mixing like sweet and 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 savory, and I, mango is just like one of those things that you never think of putting in a salsa. But um, a good mango salsa, delicious, is delicious, and, and the, it cuts the savory just, just enough. enough. Yeah, yeah. And the mango on the fajita was was a perfect touch. So. Yeah. Huge shout out to young Dante. I shouldn't say young. He's a he's a grown ass man now. Uh, to Dante, it was delicious. Yeah, it was delicious. He has very recently fallen in love with the with cooking. That's great. You know something I never did. Yeah, well, you know Bourdain is mm-hmm. one of his heroes, and you know so now those are two of his aspirations: travel and cooking. And cooking, that's great. And so he said, "Hey, what if I make tacos for you today?" And I was like, "That is fantastic!" And he did it all himself with very little guidance from. And they me. were delicious. Yeah, delicious. So, Thank be a you. Proud moment. Um, now let's and, talk about dead bodies. Dante is not giving us any money. <laughs> no, no, I, He's not sponsoring this podcast. I feel like maybe there's a reverse sponsorship going on. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps you have sponsored Dante for a little while yeah, at least. Yeah, for a little bit. Uh, um, but I'm hoping it pays off. Yeah. Um, yeah, so let's talk about this movie. Autopsy of Jane Doe. It was directed by Andre Overdahl. I hope I'm saying that correctly. He's one of those Scandi horror Man, directors. Yeah, their names are unpronounceable. Yeah, and he's also known for Troll Hunter. Which is a great movie. Fantastic movie. Yeah. Uh, and he did Troll Hunter before he did this one. Um, it stars Brian Cox as uh, Thomas Tilden and Emil Hirsch. As, uh, what's his name? Austin? Austin Tilden. Tilden. Don't we know an Austin Tilden? We know someone with a name very close to oh, that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and... Do, is it, is that... And, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Owen you. Catherine Kelly, the most Irish name, name ever. in the world, stars as Jane Doe. Um, yeah, do you want to tell us a little bit about what, what the premise of the movie sure. is? Sure, yeah, and, and uh, you're right, the Austin name threw me off, that's why it threw me off the whole time. Yeah, I think <laughs> we know, yeah, we know yeah. an Austin Tilden yeah. yeah. Um, so the premise is, uh, we're in, fair, fair, fair to say, a, a, a relatively small town, right? Yeah. Um, and there has, we start at a murder scene. America. Yes, small town America, we start with a murder scene, mm-hmm. um, that I don't want to say sounds cut and dry, but isn't the sheriff thinks he can piece together what happened? It's super grisly. It's very grisly from the from the get go. Uh-huh. The crazy thing that that sets the movie in motion is, in addition to the murder scene that they find sort mm-hmm. of on the top floor or whatever in the right. basement underground, they find a body 
of a young woman mm-hmm. partially buried in the basement. In the basement. Mm-hmm. And the, the sheriff, um, it is the sheriff, right? Yeah, yeah, Burke. Burke brings the body to Brian Cox and Emil Hirsch, being the, the coroners or whatever. Of that county. Of the county. Um, and he says, the press is going to be over me all over me about this. I can explain what happened upstairs, a B and E gone wrong or whatever. Right. He's like, what I can't explain is her. Right. I need a cause of death by tonight. Mm-hmm. And so that is what sort of sets things in motion. Uh, Emil Hirsch has a girlfriend. Um, they're going to go to a movie. But then when this body shows up, he decides, I need to stick around and help my dad with this. So right. the girlfriend goes off. She's going to come back at 11 o'clock. And they're going to try to go see the midnight show or right. whatever. Um, yeah, that, and, that that sets up the movie. Yeah. I think it's, you know, the other thing that's happening in this film is that we get in, in, in the exposition part of the film is that we are led to under, we are led to understand that the the Brian Cox's wife um, yes has died recently mm-hmm. and it this is this is two men a father and a son who are dealing with the death of the the woman in the house the yeah. mother and, and and the wife and uh, Emil Hirsch uh, is the fourth generation of coroners right. in this town, and so there's that question of, I want, do I want to leave? Do I yeah. want to stay? And they're both dealing with grief. They're both dealing with letting go. They're both dealing with sometimes the way. I don't want to make a horrible generalization, but one of the more interesting things in the movie is how it addresses the way men talk about feelings yes. or men talk about emotions with each other. Yeah, because you, you yeah. get the sense that Emil Hirsch has, he and his girlfriend have this plan to get to get out of town. Right. But at the same time, Emil Hirsch is concerned about leaving his father right. on his own. Right. Um, yeah. And, and so, the, <clears> so the, yeah, so the movie progresses from there. He, you know, the, 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 the girlfriend gets mad because he's like, oh, you haven't told him that, that, that we're leaving. That we're yeah. leaving. And uh, he's like, give it some time, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, so that's, that's like the main premise of the film. That's where we jump off. Emil Hirsch decides he's going to stay and help his dad. Figure um, out what the hell happened right. to this girl. This is important, though. Like, we have to say that when the girlfriend comes to pick him up to go to the movies, mm-hmm. right? This is so freaky to me. Like, they have the, the, the coroner's office and mortuary or whatever you mm-hmm. call it. It's located in the basement of their of their home. Yeah, and which is terrifying. It's to me. terrifying to me, and it's um, what's the word? I'm gonna totally mispronounce it. It's it's labyrinthine. Did I yeah. say that right? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, it's like you know, um, it's easy to get lost. It's easy to get lost. Lots of hallways, that the, kind of thing. The mortuary is in the basement. It's in the basement, and the fucking elevator upstairs is weird, is weird and yeah. old. And uh, so the girlfriend comes down to the mortuary to pick up Emil Hirsch's character, Austin, and he's like, "What are you doing down here?" And and he's like, "We're supposed to meet out front." She's like, "I wanted to see where you work," and so she's a little ghoulish, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, she, she kind of is curious about she where he to, works. She, she wants, wants to, to see, see a dead body. And so they go into the into the room where they keep some of the dead bodies, and she's like, "I want to see one." And 
Austin, Emil Hirsch, I'm just going to call him Emil Hirsch. Yeah, me too. It's easier. Um, being, you know, uh, you know, respectful or, or professional says, no, no, we right. can't. We can't do that. I can't do that. I can't show you the bodies. There are things that you can't unsee. unsee. Yeah. But Brian Cox shows up and goes like, show her. Yeah. Yeah, just show her. So they open one of the drawers and there's a lady in there. Yeah. I guess it's a lady, but... Her, her lips have been sewn up. Whatever. Yeah. It looks gross. And she goes like, I don't want to look at that one. And then they open another drawer and uh, it's a dude whose face, like the face is covered, but clearly there's a hole yeah. there. Like clearly yeah. the face is missing. Yes. And then there's a little bell yes. tied around the toe or the ankle. And she's like, what Why, the fuck what is the bell for? Yeah. What's the bell for? And Brian Cox says, oh, well, like in the old days, you know, they, they didn't, so they could tell if somebody was dead, dead or, not. or not. You know, they thought yeah. somebody was dead and they put them in the freezer or in a box or, or whatever. Some, yeah. And if, if you heard the bell, it meant they're they weren't not dead. dead. Right. And she says, why do you have it? And Brian Cox says, I'm a bit of a traditionalist. Right. Which does sort of also set him up as he's, he's an old school he's guy. He's old school. He's uh, old also, school. Also, spoiler, and I think... The bell is important. The bell is very important. That's why I wanted to. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, why I wanted I was... to set this up. So then, you know, he decides. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna go out later, and and he 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 stays to help his dad because his dad is going through a thing, and he's also having trouble. The and this is important the, to the sheriff. Like uh-huh. clearly, the sheriff showing up, being unnerved. I mean, even Emil Hirsch recognizes immediately. There's that there's something Something's weird, weird about yeah. this. He wouldn't yeah. have come if it weren't an emergency it, or important. Right. And um we learn a lot of things about the family. You know, Emil Hirsch says, Let's do this tomorrow. And uh Brian Cox says, When you start something, you, you finish, finish it. it. Yeah. And so um, we have a very sort of father son right. kind of thing going on. There's also a thing happening with the kitty walking through the vent, right? Yeah. Uh so they have of course they have like the air conditioning vents. Running through the mortuary because you've got to have air conditioning in those yeah. places, and so you 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 know at the top of the movie you that they set it up as a thing where the kitty walks through the vents and catches mice or um, yeah the kitty's a mouser and um, yeah and then something something happens <laughs> later and I thought specifically of of Aspen. she watched it with me last night yeah. and uh, I knew it I remembered it was coming and. <laughs> You, you, maybe you should avert your eyes. Yes, and so she did in time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what? So what begins to unfold is a, a a very what I think is a very stylish, very beautiful to look at, elegant mystery. Yeah. Begins to unfold. Yes. About who this Jane Doe is. is. Right, in case you don't know, and I can't imagine that you wouldn't know out there, listeners in the world, you know, Jane Doe is what they call someone who has no name. Yeah, they don't, you know, yeah. John Doe, Jane Doe. So they don't know her name. They don't know where she comes from. Like we said before, she's found in the basement, halfway buried at the site of a super, super. grisly murder. Yeah, and um, and the, the sort of, one of the, I think, most interesting things about the mystery that starts to unfold and why I actually really, why I really do like this movie um, the only clue is her body. Right. They don't. They weren't at the crime scene. There's there's something even made about that. Right. Like it would have been nice to go to the crime scene. They mm-hmm. they weren't at the crime scene. 
So the only thing they can use, the only thing to figure out anything, not only how she died, who she is, what the fuck is going on, her body is yeah. the only clue. They have nothing else, which is, you know, if, if you are a person who likes procedurals, right? If you're a person who likes, like, uh, CSI or those kind of TV shows or, or, or cop shows where forensics has plays a big part right. in it, uh, I think you, you would definitely enjoy this movie. Yeah. That, you know, you mentioned that they set it up to where, yeah, the only thing that, that they know about her is that um, it's her body. Yeah, that's all that's she it. has. And I, I did appreciate that about the movie is in that everything that happens that is not supernatural, right? Right. Everything that, that the setup for the movie is, is really well done. Uh-huh. So when things begin to happen... Um, nothing, it can be explained away completely believable. Right. Like there's, there's not an incident in my opinion where you go, oh, they just made that up. Yeah. Or like it feels completely contrived. The seeds are really well planted. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, act one, what I would call, I think act one of the movie, Mm -hmm. it is, you know, in, 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 Truth to the title, I mean, is an auto- is the autopsy. Totally. I mean, the autopsy is a huge part, and it's yeah. how we start to discover um, some things. And just like, just in case for those of you out there listening, it is it's gruesome. Yes, but it's not gory. So like, no. I'm not a person who like you know, and I said it before. Like sometimes the Saw movies right. are, are difficult for me to enjoy because I, I don't particularly like watching a knife going. Into, into flesh and cutting or right. anything like that, <clears throat> uh, but and this does show like inner body stuff, right? But it's not it's not something that you can't take. take yeah, and I, I I guess this would if it, I have a quote if I can throw one out that uh-huh. I found that I think this is a good segue by a guy named Chris Alexander who wrote who wrote Jesus. <laughs> What's who, wrong with you, man? Who writes uh, for ComingSoon.net? He was interviewing Emil Hirsch, mm-hmm. um, but. Uh, he started his, before he starts asking, talking to Emil Hirsch, he said, uh, the autopsy of Jane Doe trades on our innate fear of death, but not just death, the gruesome realities of what happens after right. death. When our bodies, our machines that we drive uh, during our brief tenure on the planet end up on a slab and are subject to untold indignities. You know, that is such a great quote because that's exactly what I was, you know, I was thinking as I was watching the movie, you know, one of the reasons we started this podcast is because Mike and I t- have a tendency to watch horror movies not only through the lens of scares, but also what does this mean? Right, right. A, like what are, what are they trying? What are they trying? What are they trying to say or what yeah. is being said? Yeah. What is the metaphor? Yeah. Um, and the 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 first thing there's a few things that jumped out at me that are still quite not super clear. But uh, as far as how what I'm thinking, not as far as storytelling in the movie. But one of the things that jumped out at me is like, what is this obsession that that American culture has with this fear of death? Yeah. You know, this need to not talk about it. Right. This need to like, that is something that is distasteful. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't talk about it. And so much to the extent that we are terrified of it. And I think that that's one of the things that this movie is addressing, also because um, the wife, the, the yeah, wife is gone. Yeah, we start. The wife is gone. That's how the story starts. And then when we do get into the the, the autopsy of Jane Doe, 
especially from Brian Cox, and you you know clearly he's sort of trying to teach Emil Hirsch. Emil Hirsch is he will take over someday. That's right. Brian Cox's plan. But you had said when we were talking about earlier, you know, Emil Hirsch is he's always like, if only we knew why this happened. He's always wondering why. And and Brian Cox is like, that's not our fucking job. Right. Our job is how. Right. And so his treatment of the body is not disrespectful. It is this is the thing that we fucking right. do. Right. This is not a human being. This it's, ceased it's to be It's very clinical. Yes. This ceased to be a human being. The moment this young woman died. Right. I'm not concerned about what her life was. Right. Um, at least at the beginning of the movie. Right. I am going to treat... Th- this is this is the material I have to use to mm-hmm. figure out what happened so I can tell the sheriff how right. she died. That's right. it. And the, the, the thing is, is that that's exactly it. They can't tell how she died. Everybody else in the house, like you mm-hmm. said, but this, this girl, uh, for lack of a better term, like her body is... Pristine. pristine. Yeah. It's I'm, pristine. Yes. The only thing that's unusual at the top that they can see immediately is that her eyes are like glazed over uh-huh. or like foggy. Yeah. You know, like when an older person has cataracts yes. or something like that. And that's immediately unusual. Yes. And he even says, because Brian Cox says you would you would expect that from a body that had been in the earth for several days. Right. But nothing else on her mimics a body that would have been in the earth that long right and then then we start to see other strange things she has broken wrists and broken ankles ankles they're shattered but there's no evidence of it externally there's no lividity yeah blood there's no bruising there's nothing there's nothing she has peat under her nails like not dirt peat it's she's when when they find her there's a shot of her like buried in the earth and it's red earth right but she has like peat Pete. under her nails and so this is how the mystery begins to unravel is that they begin to get all these tiny little clues which is this is the thing I love about forensics yeah. and all that kind of stuff and why I'm obsessed with forensic files but all these little things that your body reveals after death right. that tells a story about who you are and where you came from yeah. right and they're like there's no peat. There's no peat where they live. No, right? it's a, up north you would yeah. find. Yeah, so peat. that's like the first clue of like she's from up north. She's from is up that north. That there's yeah. peat under her nails and her toes. Uh, do we just want to get into it? Like, yeah, let's just, just do wanna, it. Yeah, and um, so that's the, one of the first things they discover. And they open her eyes. They realize that she's got like her eyes are, are glazed over. It's like what the hell is that? Yeah. That's not something that you see. Her wrists, her ankles are shattered. And, and then also Emil Hirsch says her waist does not fit the, the rest, rest of, of her, her frame. It yeah. is too small. Her waist is too small. Yeah. And without any kind of like research or whatever, Brian Cox says, well, you know, that that's the result of someone who wears a corset. Yeah. You know, for a long, for long, for a long, of long period of time. They open her mouth <sighs> and they discover <laughs> that her tongue has been... Um, Cut, cut off. Yeah. Well, Emil Hirsch first says she could have bitten it off. Right. Right. And he's like, Brian Cox says, no, there's no, that's the, that's that no doesn't, there's no marks, marks for, for, for how you would bite off your, her molar is missing. Yeah. They find one molar missing, but again, there's no like contusion mark. Right. There's nothing. It's just that like, shot of the tongue is shocking. Is shocking. I, yeah. Because you're like, oh, her eyes are gray and whatever. And, but when they, when he opens her mouth, I don't know, that's, 
fucking yeah. Right. That's legit. Right. So then, so then, Brian Cox says, "All right, let's cut her open." Mm-hmm. Um, and they begin to cut her open, and uh, she starts to bleed. Yeah. Like profusely. Yes. And and Emil Hirsch so much so that Emil Hirsch like takes a step back and is like, "That's not that's supposed not supposed to happen." To happen. And Brian Cox goes, "That only happens with a fresh corpse." Yes. So 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 the whole time there there's all of these like contrary things happening. Yes. Um, they immediately uh, discover that some of her internal organs are scarred over. Yeah. As though she's been stabbed. Yes, that um, she has internal scars, again, with no external... With no external sign yeah. of having been stabbed. Yeah. That some of her organs have been... Like, her lungs are burnt. Yeah, her lungs are, are burnt, and Emil Hirsch says, Yeah, I wouldn't have taken her for a smoker. And I was like, yeah, fuck you. But, uh, um, <laughs> sorry, that's my own thing. Don't smoke, it's terrible. I'm trying to quit. Um, and Brian Cox says, like, literally something like, she could smoke 10 packs a day for 30 years, and this, and this wouldn't yeah, happen. This wouldn't happen. This uh, is, like, related to, like, super traumatic. Yeah. and Something traumatic happening to and her. And so he starts, he has a line where he's like, this, as we move forward, it's like, she's scarred internally, she's burned, all of these things. He's like, this is like, if you found someone who had been shot in the head without a bullet wound. Right. Um, and so, like, you found a bullet in someone's brain, brain and, 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 and yeah, and there's no bullet. There's no like, bullet. Well, how the well, fuck, how the fuck did it get there? So it gets better, y'all, because yeah, that's they, when it starts to get. Yeah, then yeah. they they just they keep going. I mean, and that's the interesting part of what you're calling the first act, which is the autopsy, and they're gathering information and whatever. And I should say that that uh, every time they discover something new, right? Every time they do like another cut mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, Something begins to happen in the room. Yes, I was just... Uh, that's, yeah, yeah so the lights begin to flicker. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're listening to... I really... I have to tell you that I love that they're listening to an old school radio. Me, me too. Yeah. It's, it's, it takes place modern times. Emil Hirsch has a cell phone, all that stuff. But I love that down in, in the basement, in the coroner's office, there's an old school boom box. Yeah. Um, which is... Yet another kind of like Brian Cox is old school. Yeah, this is, and school. this is his room. Right, you know he's in charge. Right, and, and, and yeah, so go they're, ahead. I was gonna say, so they're listening to this old school radio. Mm-hmm. The lights go out, and then the radio will start. Yeah, changing. It starts changing, and they're saying there's a storm coming. Yeah. stay indoors. Blah blah blah, and then the 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 radio starts switching channels by itself, and suddenly we hear. Uh, what is it? You are my sunshine. It's, it's something like that. I think yeah. there's something, it's more. Um, I don't know. It's, it's like, more religious in it's, nature. Yeah, it's like yeah. old timey music. Yeah. Um, and Brian Cox doesn't seem to care because he's very like. We got to do the thing. We got to do the thing. And Emil Hirsch is constantly. We got to get out. We got to get out of here because little things start to happen. Yeah. Right. So. This is one of the great scares in the movie is that, that, you know, in the middle of the autopsy and all this stuff, they hear a noise yeah. outside. And I've already said the 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 coroner's office is labyrinthine. There's yeah. hallways and you got to turn corners and stuff like that. Like that, that fucking set would make a great haunted house. Oh, absolutely. Because not only is it like a lot of rooms and a lot of hallways, but the the the... Production value or the artistic direction of it is, is absolutely brilliant. brilliant and yeah. gorgeous. And so he goes out to check to see what is this noise, right? And he's walking down the hallway, and there's one of those mirrors in the corner that you use to see around the corner. Yeah. And uh, 
So he's walking down the hallway because he hears the noise and he looks in the mirror and reflected in the mirror is just the shape of a body. Yeah. Just standing. It's a great moment. Standing in the hallway around the corner from Emil Hirsch. And it makes him stop because it, it's just the two of them down there. There's right. no one else. And But like you do, he turns the corner and there's, there's no, one, no there. one there. So that's when Emil Hirsch starts to like, oh, shit's going down. Yeah, something Something's is happening. happening. And so anyway, so back to the autopsy because they keep going and, and Brian Cox is cutting her ribs. Yeah. And he cuts oh, himself. Oh, fucking sound is so... Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's cutting her ribs so that he can get to her heart. And he gets to her heart and they discover stuff about her heart. Yeah. Uh, and then they cut open her stomach. Yeah. And what do they find in her stomach? So, yeah, this is when... I mean, obviously we're watching it. Like, you already know something is coming. Mm-hmm. But this is when you're like, okay. This is when it gets weird. This is when it gets weird. They find... Correct me if I'm wrong... Her molar wrapped in a shroud, piece of muslin. a piece of muslin that then, in turn, has Roman numeral markings on, on it. it. And it looks very much. It looks very much like something that you would find in a, a, a book about the occult. Yes, or something like absolutely. That. Oh, we forgot something. Fuck. Uh-oh. We forgot something else that forget? they found in her mouth, in her throat. Which one was that? The the flower. Oh, the flower. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they're. I'm sorry. We gotta rewind, y'all. They go back. The, let's go back. Her tongue's cut out. Her molar's missing. He finds a piece of thread. Right. Right. And it's like this is weird. And then they they go into her throat on the silence of the lambs and find a flower. And find a flower. Yeah. And the flower is. Um, uh, oh, I can't remember. It's, it's a common name, stinkweed. Right. Uh, but it's got a, a jimson weed is what it is. And if ingested, I'm using my witch knowledge. Here nice. My, Excellent. Uh, if ingested, it, it can cause paralysis. Yes. So th- so cl- what they're putting together is that a lot of things have been done yes. to this woman. This girl was bound. She at, was bound. At the wrists and ankles. Her, she, her, they were shattered. They, her bones, yes, have, been her bones shattered. have been shattered. She's been stabbed. She's been burned. burned. She's been poisoned. poisoned. Yeah. And so they're all kind of like, to what To what end? end? And, none, and of none, these, of sh- none of this shit is the cause of death. Right. And none of it shows up. None of it manifests itself physically on her person. Right. Um, so then cut back to the stomach. Right. Cut back <laughs> um, to the stomach. And they find this. They find her tooth, which is fucking weird. Right. Um... Wrapped in this, yeah, this piece, of, piece muslin. of muslin that you said is, is yes, obviously instantly very occulty. You immediately go like, yeah. oh shit. Yeah. There's yeah. some witch there's, shit There's Roman happening. numerals, but there's also like fucking pagan drawings. pagan drawing and, yeah. on it and all that stuff. Um, and, and essentially, that is, once they start piecing, once that happens, some shit happens in the morgue, like lights go out, storm... Right. Something is fucking going down, and it kind of gets us then out of Act One. Right. I, I would say, yeah, or to the that's m- the end of Act One, yeah. in my opinion. Um, and then we start to move out into the morgue because also they're starting to realize, as much as Emil Hirsch has been like, we need to get the fuck out of here. He's right because the mm-hmm. storm, because of the storm, the elevator is not working. The, the the and a tree the tree has fallen tree over the basement that that yeah the cellar doors the cellar doors so they now are trapped right in the basement in the morgue yeah and he does a really good job of making this movie super claustrophobic yes it's really he does a really good job and 
Emil Hirsch's cell phone doesn't get reception down uh-huh, there, which is clearly. Fu- and then I thought, like, at least that one's fair. I mean, right. we always talk about modern horror movies are 90% trying to justify why nobody's phone works. <laughs> um, but, but uh, this one works. This one, yeah, makes sense. And so Brian Cox is like, landline. We have a landline in the office. Thank God. Because he's fucking old school. Of course uh-huh. he has a landline. And so they start to then make the move out of the... The, the, that, the examination room. Yeah, yeah. In, to go into the office to, to try and call the sheriff. And just that walk alone, Man. some shit is going down. And even Brian Cox now is starting to say, right. like, oh, what is fucking going right. on? Right, because Hirsch all this time has been like, there's something going there's something on. Up. We need to get we out of here. We need to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. She's... None of this started happening until she mm-hmm. fucking got here. And Brian Cox is like, you're being ridiculous. Right. It's a dead body. Yeah. But now Brian Cox is like, oh, no. Okay, we need to get the right. fuck out of here. So they, they run to the office so that they have access to the landline. They call the sheriff. It's a, it's a, the, the connection is, is fucked bad. up because of the storm. Yeah. And so they can't call out. They're trapped in the office. And then what do they hear, Mike? The bell. Ha! And then it gets real quiet, and like in the distance, we hear like tinkle, tinkle. Yeah. If I so I watched this Aspen and we all watched this together long time a long ago. time ago, yeah. and then Aspen and I rewatched it again last night. Um, she actually really likes this movie, but had forgotten a lot of it clearly. Yeah. <laughs> and when the bell came, like she was talking about, I can always judge. You know, we're like this movie gets four tacos. Right. We should have a scale that's like how much did my wife talk during it. <laughs> Because the scarier it gets, the more she just starts talking. And so she's like, when, during that, she's like talking about something. Sorry, honey, I don't know that I was paying attention. And then the bell comes and she just goes, oh, fuck. Like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> it is a great, great moment that's been set up. Like, he set you up. Beautifully set up. And, and beautifully paid off. And it pays off beautifully because it, 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 it takes just the perfect amount of time between the setup and the payoff yeah. to where you've almost forgotten. You've almost forgotten. You've almost yeah. forgotten that there was a corpse that had, that had a, a bell. bell. Yeah. Yeah. But not quite. You and you know, quite it, forgotten. it may sound like we're spoiling this for you, but we're actually not. No. Um, also, deal with it. No, I'm yeah, kidding. Yeah, deal with it. I'm kidding. Um, we won't. When, we'll take our little break you know, before I we... know, I sometimes think that you and I are, are... We're not, like, in your face enough yeah. on this podcast. Yeah, maybe we need to be... Although, last week... <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe we'll pull back. This is a nicer, gentler yeah. ta- terror and tacos we, 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 week. We're taking a little break. Yeah, we're taking a break from that. Um, anyway, uh, so after... Uh, so this is a good time. This is a good time to take our break. Because uh, this be- is when we start to understand what is actually what happening. What is actually happening. Yeah. So go get a taco. Go get a Coca-Cola. Make uh, your son cook for you. Make your son cook for you. Mm-hmm. Watch Autopsy of Jane Doe, and we'll be right back.
we're back. We're back. Hope your taco was delicious. Yeah. So now we're uh, going to get into act two and three. Yeah. In the movie. So they, they call out. They're in the office. They're trapped, basically. They're trapped. Like the sheriff, they can't get, I mean, they get through, but he can't understand them. Even Brian Cox is like, we need help. We're trapped down here. Right. Regardless of, even if they're being hunted by dead bodies or whatever, it's not safe at this point. This right. storm is really bad. It's just practically not it's, safe. It's not safe for them to be underground but in this situation. But there's also corpses. Yes. Now there's walking but corpses. But now there are walking corpses. Right. So one thing that I mentioned before, but I just kind of like glossed over it, is that at some point when Brian Cox is examining the body and the ribs are open, he does cut himself yes. on one of like... His so wrist. He's dealing right? with... Yeah, his wrist. He's yeah. dealing with his cut on his wrist while they're trapped in the office, which makes him go into the bathroom to take care of the wound. And they're talking about it. They're just kind of like... None of this hap- started happening until Jane until this body arrived or whatever. And Brian Cox looks because he has like a little shower in his off a bathroom in his office that has a shower and he looks to the shower and there's a silhouette, silhouette yeah. in the shower and he goes to the shower and opens the curtain and there's nothing nothing there, there. we have the classic like oh there's nothing yeah. there and then it cuts back to hirsch who turns to look at his dad standing in the bathroom and then something, some force or, or some something. entity, some spirit or something, we can talk about what that is later, um, takes him takes down. Takes him down. And I, this is one thing I wrote down, double jump. I don't know if I coined this phrase, but I'm going to coin it. Or I'm going to claim that it's I It's a good one. It's like the, the, this film I think is really good about like what I would call the double jump scare. Uh-huh. And that to me is the perfect example. Right. Because the, the shower itself when you see the the silhouette is a, a great like oh shit oh shit um, but he the direct I'm gonna credit the director uh, the way he then he gives you maybe a little longer than a lot of movies before the actual jump comes right. to where you think you start to think you're off the hook whereas a lot of times in movies you know it's gonna be like shower and then something's actually behind you right this is shower. Turn, talk to Emil Hirsch for a second, then the thing comes. And the comes. real jump. And happens. it's really, I think he's really effective. He's really good at um, that. Yeah. He's really, really good at that. Yeah. And so, side note, Brian Cox is incredible. I mean, he's actor. absolutely incredible. Emil Hirsch does a great job. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. But it's like Brian Cox, Brian Cox is, is like so fucking good. He's such a fucking good actor, and he's one of those actors that I I think has been like underappreciated I agree. for his entire career. Yeah. He is actually the First Hannibal Lecter yeah. on film in, in a Manhunter. Manhunter, and he's incredible. Man, it's a great movie. Yeah, um, he's currently on a show called Succession on HBO. If anybody's watching right. that, and he's he's still I shouldn't say still he's fucking incredible. He's he's pr- this movie proves it again and over and over again. He's just like the perfect character actor, like the perfect balance of menace and a kind of vulnerability. Yeah, it's he's yeah. he's fantastic. Anyway, so. Yeah. So then they're like, "Oh shit!" They they somehow Some, realize something is happening. Something is happening, and they both go like, "You know, we got to get the fuck out of here." And they try to go up the stairs to the. They can't get out. They realize elevator's not working. We're trapped here. Should we talk about what happens at the elevator, or should we just leave that alone? I think we should leave it alone. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. yeah that's so some, that's that's a. You're right. That's yeah. a huge moment. That's even even if you've had your taco, we don't want to. Spoil. Yeah, we don't want to spoil it. But anyway, so they 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 
attempts are made to leave the... And they can't. They can't. They can't. So they decide, they come to the conclusion that the only way they're going to be able to get out is that if they go back... And, and and discover yeah. and finish the job. job when yeah. you start something, you finish it. You finish it, and that's what that's, that's what, what brings do. them back. Right. I love the whole scene of them walking through this fog, like the smoke, the the, the whatever has in the in the crematorium mm-hmm. area part of the uh, mortuary. Yeah. Some there's like a little explosion, and ash just kind of like fills, fills the hallway. It, yeah. And it's this wonderful, beautiful shot of father and son who are. Who are symbolically living in a in fog, yeah. dealing with the death, death of, of the mother, the mother, yeah, having to make their way through this fog, yes, to 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 the end to to solve, solve. this mystery, yeah. I mean, I and even it's and yeah, and even the I mean, the cat was clearly. We said what happened to the cat, right? Yeah. You know, you know from the beginning the cat's not going to make the it. The cat's going to get it. The cat was the last link to... To the mom. To the mom. And yeah. so when that cat died, like, it's the one moment you see Brian Cox, like, coming to turn... Like, she's... She's gone. Yeah, and so... I love it when he goes, that cat was a pain in... Stanley was a pain in the ass, but it was the last thing that belonged to your mom that I had. Yeah. It's it's very moving. Yeah, I it's mean... very and moving. He's, yeah, the dude's so good. Yeah. So yeah, so they're going through this sort of fog of death or grief and all this right. to get back to To the Jane examination Doe. room. So yeah. they get back to the room, they shut the doors, they know there's like crazy corpse Tinkerbell yeah. is, corpse. Out, is out in the hallway trying yeah. to get them. It's terrifying. It is terrifying. And so they're like, we got to shut the doors. So they get and, to and the- corpse Tinkerbell is also fucking faceless. Yeah, man. Because it's so gross. Yeah. It's, it's, it's terrifying. It's the corpse that fucking right that had, had the, no the face. bullet wound in the face right and it walks slow but you kind of get the feeling that that bitch could move fast yeah if, if it, it needed to. to yeah it's you it's not a rush because you got nowhere to <laughs> fucking go. To go yeah um so they get back in the room and they really begin to like they they, they he goes back and he looks at the shroud uh-huh oh but first they look at the brain right so yes. they're like we're gonna there's something happening we haven't looked at the brain right, right. so they cut open the brain Right. Yeah. I have a story about something Brain like that. Brain cutting. Yeah, I hope we have like some time because I have some stories. Oh, to we're tell gonna you. have some time. Yeah. So um, they cut open the the cranium and they they take a piece of the brain. Yeah, man. They put it under the microscope sure. and they discover that she's alive. This bitch is alive. This I shouldn't bitch say that. Is alive. It's not a nice word. I apologize. It's okay. She's lovely. She's lovely. Lovely. But, <laughs> yeah. But this the bitch, bitch is alive. alive. Um, which all of a sudden is like, oh fuck. That's why she was bleeding. That's and then. But then, of course, the question is, Emil Hirsch now all of a sudden becomes the somewhat practical one. Right. He's like, what are you talking about? Right. We have cut her fucking open. We took out her fucking heart. We've set her on fire. We've set her on fire. Um, yes, they did set her. Because they, they were like, she's the problem. Burn her. Burn her. <laughs> um, Which is going to come into of play course. a little bit, of course. Um We've taken out her fucking brain. What do you mean she's alive? So then they begin to look at everything that they've had before. Yeah, all the clues all that have the been clues. laid out. And Hirsch picks up the, the little shroudy Muslim piece of fabric, and it's folded over somehow, and he notices something. And he notices that when the, when the, when the shroud is folded over, the, the little symbols on it, actually form letters yes so they keep folding it over to figure out how do you fold this over so they fold it over in such a way that the symbols then spell out the word leviticus leviticus and then 2023 yeah yeah i think yeah or 23 or 27 something 
Um, I don't know my Bible. Yeah, I'm Catholic. It's yeah. We don't have to read that. Uh, I, yeah, I can't remember if it's twenty three or twenty seven. Whatever. It's the part of Leviticus that says. If you do this, you're a fucking witch yeah, and you if need you, to die. If, yeah, if you do this, you're a witch and you have to die. And yeah. so they start putting everything together and it's like, oh shit, she had peat under her nails. She, we um, knew she was from up north. We knew she was from up north. The crazy writing on the, the thing means that she's 17th century. Like the, the corset. The corset. Yeah. She has been, she's, she's like... From the 17th, hundreds, of years, hundreds of years ago. Yeah, it's from the 1600s. Right. And, and Brian Cox says. And then for, well, Emil Hirsch also. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, too. because he, he sort of amidst putting all of these things together is right. like you were poisoned, you were cut, you were bound, you were burned, you were all of these things. Emil Hirsch is like, it was a sacrifice. It was a sacrifice. And then she's from up north. Pete, all that, the corset, 1600s, she's from Salem. Yeah. And she's a witch. They were burning and sacrificing a witch. Right. Um, and, and this is, she's a witch and she's haunting. And Brian Cox says... Brian Cox goes, but there were no witches in Salem. Great, great that, line. Yeah. Great there, line. There were, the, witchcraft is a myth, he says. There were no witches in Salem. They were just young girls yeah. who went crazy and then started accusing each other. Yeah. Um, but but we're all innocent. We're all innocent. They're, inno- yeah. they're innocent children, innocent yeah. young women, he says specifically. Yes. And then he says, but what if? And, here's and I the, love this. Yeah. What if the ritual that they did to destroy the thing they were so afraid of created the thing they were so that they were so afraid of yeah and that um to me is the beyond the like father and son relationship and and the the how we're treated as you know our fear of death and what happens to us after death just being treated like meat but that is like sort of the philosophical becomes at least for the end of the movie sort of the philosophical question to me is is in our fear of things, do we we create we create the thing? The we thing. Fear. Yeah, and it's you know it's she's dead. So the whole movie, she's lying on this table. Uh, I think it's so brilliantly done because yeah. she's the she's well one of the only female in the movie. I mean, other than the girlfriend, other than the girlfriend, who's and only in a couple scenes. She's like I said before, she's she's absolutely passive, mm-hmm. right? She's uh, a body. She's a body. Yeah. She's being acted upon. Mm-hmm. She's naked. Yes. For the whole film. I, I do have to say, though, that what I do like about this movie, is, as opposed to other movies where you have... Jade. Jade. Let's just say. Jade. Esther House is like, yeah. he's just a sicko, man. Yeah, dude. But in Jade, there's an autopsy scene where Angie, I can't remember, and she's a model. She's incredible looking. Is Angie Harmon? A- Angie Harmon? No, I don't no, know. No, 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 no. Angie no, someone. Angie. Um, but anyway, the, the the female corpse is highly sexualized. Oh right, the, yes, you're right. Yeah. who's a model? Yeah, she's, she's a, a model, model. and yeah. she's and, and, and it's dis, it's disturbing. Oh, it's so funny. I mean, so it's so like rapey and disgusting, and, like, and it's like, is it necrophilia yeah, cool? It's you're like, disgusting. no, dude, it's really disgusting. Oh, it's fucking gross. But in this movie, that doesn't happen. No, no, no. She's not sexualized at all. No, she's a dead um, body. She's a dead body, but. It, you know, for me as as a woman, it, it very much gave me that feeling of like, yes, here we have yet another story about a, a woman who, for whatever reason, because we never learn it, right? But for whatever reason, in her age, when she was alive, 
was accused of being yeah, some kind of witch. For whatever bullshit for reason whatever everybody bullshit else reason, was. Right? Yeah. And so all of these things were done to, to her. her. Right? And this is now her fucking revenge. This is her revenge. Because she has been let out of where she was buried where or whatever. Where she was buried, yeah. right? Somebody put her there for safety, which is another thing that they, that they um, I don't know, allude to is that because we're led to believe that we're not in the north. Right. Like this, is, this is a story that's happening. Down south. Down south. The sheriff's the, even the got United. himself an accent. That's right. I'm pretty and sure so, he's a Brit. Yeah, but, Brian uh, <laughs> Cox says they've taken her wherever she was from and buried her, her far, 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 far away. away. Yeah. Um, yeah, so just kind of like just in, in the in the spirit of of uh, of this, you know, like a, a feminine. Of, it's a very feminist point of By view. By the end, yeah. By the end, it is a very feminist you point have, of view. Because you have, she's been, she was horrific, obviously horrifically treated when she was alive. Yeah. Um, in an attempt to kill her, or sacrifice her, or whatever. All of these horrible things were done to her, and then as a body on the slab, she is also then again ripped and torn apart right and so she this She's is like this is her revenge this now. is her revenge and, and brian just, cox under, yeah. comes to understand yeah, he comes to understand it but i i you know symbolically and and like meta met met allegorically allegorically yeah aspen and i, I talked a lot I about allegory it. last night yeah when we were watching i, I, it, I so. love it as far as kind of like you know in, in, I'm going to just say it, like in relation to like the Me Too movement, you know, and stuff like that, where it's kind of like all these women who are now speaking out and all these men who are running scared for their jobs. And mm-hmm. it's like, where do you draw the line of where sexual harassment is right. and blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, motherfuckers, you created this environment. Yeah. Yes. You created this environment. Yes. You, yeah. You gave, you gave birth to this. And yeah. that's great. And, and that is. In- and now. Women are having their say, right? And you better fucking watch it because yeah, whatever you do, you better watch your yeah. back. Yeah, and if you're that worried, you probably did some shady. You probably shit. did some shady shit anyway. Um, and this is yeah, I, I I love that idea of of we you you create the monster. Your own fear creates the monster, right? That, right. That you are most afraid of. Right. Um, if you had left this poor girl alone. Back in sixteen, whatever, none of this would happen. None of this would happen. Yeah, right. And uh, there are no such thing. There were no such things as evil witches until you until made them. you made them. Yeah. Um, so there are two. There's there are two. I, I went online and started because there's not a lot written about this movie. No, I looked for stuff and there's a few, few reviews. And reviews are the reviews are generally very right. positive. But I want to quote two. Okay. Okay. Because I want to know what you think. So this this first quote is a Roger Ebert, my love, uh, and he says, uh, "Autopsy of Jane Doe is so clever." Is this from his? Sorry, is this from his? Was he still alive, or was it just from his site? It's from his site. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I saw. I, I'm, I'm, no, I'm. I meant to say that. No, no, I just was. Uh, I couldn't this, remember the when, website. I couldn't remember what um, it. It says so clever and well done that it makes the sins of the finale easy to forgive. Huh. Okay. okay. But it's a pretty high rating. It it gets like and this is on uh I think it's is on Meteor. I think it's on uh, Okay. And and that's uh f- yeah from the Roger Ebert and 
get he, like the 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 score is a 75 i okay. guess that's what the number was and then the, here's another quote by another critic kevin joggernoff who i've never read any of his stuff but he says jane doe never aspires beyond the ordinary and more crucially even fails to meet that modest standard lifeless and lackluster jane doe never draws blood I don't agree with that. Nah, I don't agree with that at all. I, I mean, to go back to the Ebert website quote, I, the the finale is is maybe not the greatest thing in the world. I don't think the movie falls apart or anything. I think it's sort of a very kind of typical like that last moment, you right? Know? Um, but no, I I absolutely I I disagree with that second one. I it's. I think it's incredibly creepy. I think it does a great job of, like you said, creating a sense of claustrophobia. Yeah. It is, I don't give a shit what anybody says. Like, now I'm challenging imaginary people. Challenge! Brian Cox is so fucking good in it. Yeah. Like, that alone, and Emil Hirsch is very good. Yeah. I'm not saying, you know what I mean. Emil yeah. Hirsch is great, but Look, Brian but Cox is... the guy's a master. Come yeah, on dude, now. come on. Um, Emil Hirsch will be as good as Brian yeah, Cox someday. one day. Yeah. Um, uh, it's it's really well acted. I think it's well paced. The scare. I, I, no, I absolutely disagree with that. Right. I feel like you know. I read that and I was like, you. I don't know what you were on the night and, you watched it. And or I'm whatever, sorry, but, like you. Yeah. You I mean, don't go in knowing like we we we're talking about obviously the witch aspect of it and you and I are very much into to witch based horror but like it's man that's that's the end like you even with the you see the when you see the muslin you're like okay some some shit's going on but it's it's a, a procedural for so long. It's a great mystery for so long yeah, yeah. while being scary. Yeah. Um, while, while asking some, like, heavy, heavy questions. Heavy questions. Having a really strong central relationship, I mean, between uh-huh. the father and son. Um, now, I fucking disagree with that guy. Yeah. And, you know, here's the other thing, though. I, you know, the, the I, I wrote a note that says, end? Question mark. Right. Because, yeah. It's, I don't know if the ending is my favorite, uh, but y'all, as as a person who watches a lot of horror movies and and a person who, you know, now is collaborating with someone, yeah. you know, Mike, w- watching Mike and listening to Mike talk about how you put a screenplay together and all that stuff, because I'm not, I can't write that shit. Um, ending, ending a movie is difficult. Yeah. And ending a horror movie... Man. Is is super difficult. Yeah, and and I I don't think I think the end of this movie it stems from everything that's come before. I mean, right. I think by you know we know to me by the very end this is what the journey has been for 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 the Jane Doe character right. is to you know sort of release be released into the world. I mean, that's kind of the whole uh-huh. everything she's done in the morgue. Right. Is to get herself out of the morgue. Right. Um, exactly. And and that's where we end. Yeah. Is it the most shocking or terrifying thing at the end? No, but I mean, I, I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's meant to be. I don't be. think it's meant to be. I think it's just that this is she is she's now out there. Right. Know? Because the one of the things that the sheriff says at the end of the movie because so what ha- I'm not going to spoil the ending, but basically they have yeah, to. They take, had their tacos. Yeah, we oh, yeah. warned them. So, so it doesn't end well. No. Basically, it does not end well. Basically, Brian Cox and Emil Hirsch 
die, die. at the end of the movie. Yeah. And so when, when then the authorities come in, right, it looks very much like the same grisly murder uh-huh. that they were investigating yep. at the beginning of the movie. Right, which then leads you to believe the thing you were told happened in the house at the beginning is, is not, not what, what happened, happened at all. In the house. It was not Jane Doe did all wrong. of this. And yeah. she has been doing yeah. it. She has she been has doing been it, traveling from spot to spot, working her way, wreaking havoc yeah. with her witch powers, uh-huh. uh, which she probably didn't have when she was alive. No, uh, alive, right? Um, and so the sheriff at the end of the movie says to his deputy, he says, "Just get her out of my county. Yeah, let let some other county deal, deal with, with her. it." Which kind of like. She's, she's Jane, Jane Doe is going to continue to do, to this, do this until she has yeah. exacted the her revenge, revenge that yeah. she wants. She's gone from north to south, and now she's moving on again. We imagine there yeah. were steps in between. Yeah, I, it's it's definitely like you know, you know, one of those like what they call the Scandi Noir movies, yeah. right? It ha- it opens like a Scandi Noir, and it ends like like one. a Scandi Noir. Yeah, and it's it's great. It's it's a truly international movie. Uh, yeah. Because it's got a Scandinavian director. It was filmed in England. Right. It has American, British, ac- and British actors. And, and, and Irish. Irish. Actors. Jane Doe is yeah. Irish. Jane Doe is Irish. Right. What do we say? Yeah. Owen Catherine Kelly. Yeah. Owen Jane Doe is the most Irish. She is the most Irish of everybody. Uh, lovely girl. I hope she gets more work where she actually gets to do some, some stuff. Some talking things. Yeah. Because um, she's, and she's strikingly yeah. beautiful. Um, yeah, there. Oh, speaking of that, there's like there was another uh, there was another quote by this other critic. Her name's Kim Newman. I don't know who that is, but she talks about how how Jane Doe even lying on the on the table is like voluptuous and is clearly doing something to the men in the film. I do not agree with that at all. I like, absolutely there, disagree. With there that. is nothing nothing sexualized about this movie. So like. I know sometimes we talk about like oh it's a dead body or you know witch or whatever and um, yeah it doesn't go there it's not rapey at all no there it's clinical I mean it's very clinical both of them are I mean Brian Cox to an extent that is clearly like this is this is how you do this job right you know this is how you because he's been coroner for however many fucking however decades many years. yeah if it's not this you can't you can't make it through yeah. Um, but Emil, no, man. No, it's not. And he's you the, know that um, Martin Sheen was originally supposed to play Brian Cox, the Brian Cox's role, and then for some unknown reason, he he pulled out. Pulled out. He would have been good. He would have. He would have been good. Martin Sheen is another one of those actors that that plays villain and protagonist. Yeah, super, 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 super well. well. There's some. I, I there's something about Brian Cox that that is. I don't know, man. Earthier. Yeah, like you just like like more grounded. You feel like that dude has lived. Yeah. Um, and I know nothing about the man in real life, but yeah, he just, just his he demeanor just, and, and his, his voice. His voice is, yeah. Um, and nothing against Martin Sheen. I, oh, love, yeah, I love Martin, Martin Sheen. Sheen. But yeah, there's a difference. There's like, Brian Cox is just more grounded. He's just more grounded. Yeah. And again, Brian Cox is a Brit, right? Yeah. That dude, I, I don't even know if he's doing an American accent anymore because he's done it so many times <laughs> and it's so good. Like, yeah. in my mind, that's how Brian Cox talks. I'm sure that's not how Brian no, Cox talks. No, he has an accent. Yeah. That's so crazy. It's his, crazy. Side note, his kid, this is going way back, 
plays Watson in Young Sherlock Holmes, if you ever saw... Oh, I love that movie. Me too. I didn't know that that was uh, Brian, Brian Cox's, Cox's son. son. Yeah, it plays Watson. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so I have this story that this movie reminded me of. And this is like, okay, now we're getting into like true ghost story okay. type thing. So my, my grandfather on my father's side... Um, is you know we we say it in the family he was kind of a bastard okay right? this may, he he you know um at the time when he built the family house not the family house that i grew up in but their family house right uh that house that that would have been located on the outskirts of the town okay um and uh the story goes that so so when my grandfather finally died and I was very little. I was about four years old. And shit, I have stories about that too. But but when my grandfather finally died, he left the house to my my aunt Teresa, um, which is both a very Mexican and Italian. Yeah, I have an aunt Teresa as well. Yeah, so oh. she he left the house to my aunt Teresa, and shit started to go down in the house. And shit always went down in that house. But and I'm not lying, y'all. Like I don't speak lightly of this kind of stuff. But shit started to go down and it was weird and so my aunt brought in a medium right okay and the medium was like you got to get the fuck out of this house somebody doesn't want you is this in, this in house. laredo this is in laredo okay doesn't want you in this house blah, oh blah, shit blah. and my aunt being a badass the badass that she still is was like this is my fucking house i'm, and not, I'm leaving. not leaving nice so she started researching the house and all this kind of stuff and uh because my grandfather built that house. So right. it wasn't like somebody lived right. in that house before. So what she did is she started to research the land. Land records. And what part of the city the house was built on during that time. So the story goes that my 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 grandfather had a house on the other block. And he wanted that corner lot. Okay. But there was a woman who lived on that oh, corner lot. Shit. Who had been living in that in a little shanty house. On that corner lot for many years and was not going to leave. Old lady. And somehow, somehow, politically, they were able to get that woman thrown off the land. And the, oh, woman, the no. woman died before they could move her out. Okay. So, but she was about to be thrown out. But the woman died beforehand. So my grandfather buys the land, raises the old woman's house. Builds, builds his, his house. own house. Right. So my aunt is like, okay. So she starts doing research into when the house was, when her house was built. It turns out that, that when they were digging the foundation for my grandfather's house, underneath the house, they started finding like, like clay bowls covered in skin. Oh, fuck, what? And inside these bowls, there were like... Um, Echicerias, what you call in Spanish, which is spells, basically. Okay. So there was like bones and skin and flowers and stones and, and like all over, all over where the foundation of the house was going to oh, be built. Oh, shit. So this woman. Was she a bruja? She was a bruja. Yes. And she had been. I mean, that's terrifying, but she, yes. She had been underneath her house was where she was. Doing her. Doing her witchcraft and. The, now the belief is that she knew she was going to die. So she was like, I'm going to fucking curse you. Yes. And had buried all this shit under her house so that my grandfather's house would, would never be undisturbed. Wow. And I'm telling you, man, 
some be, I didn't even know this until later, but some crazy shit, shit happened in that house. Happened in that house over the years that we only discovered because we started talking to each other about, about the, all the crazy shit that we witnessed. She took revenge, man. She took revenge after death. That's fucking crazy. That is crazy, and I'm, not, I'm I like I'm not lying about that. No, I believe it. Yeah. Um, I mean that's. I mean, as soon as you're like, we kicked an old lady off a corner lot, you're like, this is not going <laughs> to end, end well. well. It's not going to end well. It's um, just like, drag me to hell. That's, that's, yeah, that's nuts. I mean, and it, it's, I mean, I guess for this movie, it's not even, it, it's the revenge aspect, but then in addition, right, she's able to use like what we have referred to as the spiritual detritus, if you right. will, of the morgue itself. Of the morgue itself. So she is able to utilize the death that has come through there because she's stuck on a slab. Right. But she can use that thing that already exists in the place to, to, to take re- her to revenge. To take her revenge. Yeah. To like stop fucking violating me. Yeah. You bastards. You bastards. Yeah. Uh, no, it's great. I I really liked this movie, uh, Autopsy of Jane Doe. And it's 2016, right? It's 2016. So it's still relatively new. Yeah, directed by Andre Overdahl. I don't know how to pronounce his name. I'm so sorry if I fucking massacred it. Starring Brian Cox, Emile Hirsch, and Owen Catherine Kelly. Super stylish. Yeah. Really smart mystery. Well art directed. Really good procedural. Yeah. Um, you should go watch it. Yeah. You should go watch it. Yeah. And it's, it's one it's, of those, like, we're trying to find a balance between, just on our end, between classics that we love or that we've, you know, maybe people don't know with, like, there's a there's a, some really good new horror movies coming out. And now with the way things are, a lot of them go right to streaming, which right. is not the equivalent of when we were kids right. of it being like straight to video because if something went yeah. straight to video it, it meant like, it was it bad. bad or whatever but now that's not what no, that means anymore like, now this, it's like you yeah. know Netflix needs content yeah and so they they you know create their own stuff yeah so what are we going to talk about next week we are going to talk about a movie I love and a movie that is one of my one favorites. of your favorites yeah it's like definitely in my top three I was going to say it's it's I know it's on the, and I really love it but I know for you it is like yeah, top yeah. top three. So we are going to talk about John Carpenter's The Thing. The Thing, man, um, with Kurt Russell. It's going to get. We're going to get into some sci-fi. Uh-huh. We we're, thought it was time to talk about sci-fi. Yeah, and and it's a, it's yeah, it's time to talk about The Thing, man. Yeah. So if you haven't watched The Thing, shame on shame you. on you. Uh, go watch it so that you Should, can be in the know. And next it's week. the it's the Carpenter one. It's the Carpenter one. It's not the new The Thing. Yeah. Um, it's it stars Kurt Russell. That's how you'll yeah. know. Um, yeah, as R.J. McCready, one of the best heroes ever. Yes, in and when the world. when Carpenter and Russell get together, oh, it's it's, it's always poetry. fucking awesome, man. It's yeah. poetry. <laughs> it's like Lynch and McLaughlin. Yes, it really, really is. Um, so huge shout out to one uh, Dante Flores for lunch. It was delicious. Uh, yeah, shout out to Jim John McNoise for our wonderful theme music. And Anyone else? Do you want uh, to give a shout out to listeners? Whoever listened to us in the Virgin Islands. That's yeah. nice. Thank you. Um, if you are listening again, thanks. Uh, and please let us know what you want to hear, what, what movies we should be watching. Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of those fun things. Yeah, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye.